Welcome, everybody, to the Motive Podcast, where we believe you are the hero of your life, your defective self-beliefs are your enemy, and the greatest motive in life is connection. I'm your host, Shaden Bertinoli. I'm a marriage and family therapist and founder of Motive, and I'm here with my awesome co-host, Bree McMullen. Hello, Shaden. What's going on? Not much. How you doing today? So much better. It's a good day, you guys. It's beautiful and sunny in Ogden, Utah. We had a four-hour, win- two-and-a-half-hour window to do, so- no, four-hour window to do podcasts yesterday. Four and hours. I could not get this stupid <laughs> computer to line up with my software, so I got it figured out now. Good. Technology is not but our that friend was sometimes. very frustrating. Okay. Well, today, we're going to talk about something I think we all are dealing with and we can all relate to. So why are we all feeling so anxious is the question I have for you today. Good question. And we're releasing this one here very soon yes we we like to kind of stockpile a few but with right now is the coronavirus and we're like what a month into it of yeah a month yep and it's it's affecting all of us well i think a month in we're all starting to feel like it's never gonna end and i don't know but yesterday i counted the days until homeschool ends and uh you know with warmer weather and stuff that I think we're all feeling anxious of when is this going to get over so we can get back to real life. Yeah. And in Utah, which is where a lot of the listeners are, but I know there's many outside, but in Utah, we keep having these tremors. Uh-oh. So we had we had an <laughs> yes. earthquake that was We've had pretty two big. this week. Well, two aftershocks, yeah. That are, that are enough to rattle mirrors and mm-hmm. wake people up. Yeah. And yeah, my clientele, including um, people that are also really close to me, yeah, the anxiety is really high. Yeah. So the question is why? Yeah. Why are okay. we all feeling anxious? So And is it really anxiety? Good question. That's part of it. For sure it's anxiety. Now, the type of anxiety is is definitely uh debatable. So there is clinical anxiety, mm-hmm. which means which is a lot of what we work on yeah. where we're trying to help people overcome defective beliefs. And so I believe every I believe everyone honestly to some extent has a a little bit of clinical anxiety because I don't think people have beautiful perfect beliefs about themselves in the moment. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're all working on. I think them. we all. I think whether you recognize it or not, we all feel some anxiety. And I think sometimes when I talk to people about the way anxiety expresses itself in my life or my children's lives, then they go, "Oh yeah, I have had that a little so bit." So let's let's define it first because anxiety what is it so anxiety is anticipatory fear it is fear of the unknown it is god-given we're supposed to have anxiety yeah uh you'll hear me say this many times i'm sure throughout the course of these podcasts that we are supposed to run away from grizzly bears we're supposed to be afraid yeah it's how we stay alive and so anxiety must have a it, it must have some ingredients and one of those is catastrophe Oh, yes, that makes sense. Okay, so it has to have a catastrophe to stay alive. Mm-hmm. And worry, for example, it, worry is a way that we maintain some a perception that we are controlling said catastrophe. Okay. So it's I love calling it like a, being a magician because our worry can often become so so intense that we, we forget the fact that we think our, our worry is actually preventing a catastrophe. Yeah. When in all reality, it's probably creating more of the catastrophe than anything. So let me tell a little story from my life, and you can see if this relates to other people. So I have a, a 
what's the best way to say this? I have an extensive uh, neck injury, and it's caused me some anxiety. And relative to discovering this neck injury, I went through a lot of uh, brain uh, investigation. That's the best way to say it, that they were investigating my brain. So for me, I now deal with anxiety surrounding death. And uh, I feel like it's driven by that because of the many times we sat there thinking, you know, what if I die? What if I have a brain tumor? What if I have brain surgery? What if any of these things happen? Okay. So now all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, it's been a number of years that, uh, you know, I, I come up with these situations where I'm driving down the road. What if somebody hits me? What if I die? What happens to my husband and my kids? And how are they going to know? And, and that is something that I deal with a lot. And I think that I <laughs> try to prevent it in extreme funny ways sometimes, you know? thinking that I can have a handle on death if I bargain with God or something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's or more of a clinical. And does it ever get to the point where you're trying to deal with death by thinking, like just thinking about it enough? No. So you don't what if yourself to death? Um, no pun intended. I have. You know, I'll go through times where like, okay, if I die, are they going to know it's me? I've, how are they going to identify me? This is terrible. <laughs> you know, how are they going to identify me? And then what happens after that? You know, can my mm -hmm. husband cook for my kids? No. What's gonna, no, he can't. Court cannot. Who's going to do the grocery shop? Who's going to do, you know, I think of those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, there was a time after I had, we'll, we'll get back to the clinical anxiety. <laughs> those good stories. Um, after I had my third child, a lot of women deal with postpartum depression and anxiety, and I love that they've combined the two a little bit now. Yeah. So there was a time then when I literally thought I was dying. I called my mom and told her I was dying. Hmm. I got out the life insurance papers and gave them to my husband. And I was like, here, court, I'm dying. Wow. I mean, it was extreme. I never heard about I this. I never told you that. Um, that's probably the only time it's been that extreme. That was so you were convinced six you weeks were postpartum. You I thought I was dying. Wow. I had pneumonia and I had the flu. And a friend had just died of the influenza. And I had a lot of friends call me asking me if I was going to die. Because that's really something you do to a brand new mother yeah. who's deathly ill. And so I decided I was dying. Yep. Yeah. So makes sense. How is that different then? Then let's go back to the clinical anxiety. So that's and yeah, you know, it's such a good point because I don't, I don't know that, uh, I don't often differentiate the two just because I, I flat out don't care. Okay. Honestly, I, I do think that there are dispositions in other people to be more anxious. Like the brain absolutely fires off more in that way than it does for other people. Yeah, makes sense. But basically what you revealed is what everybody's going through is they their perception becomes a reality, which really our perception always is our reality. Oh, yeah. This is but a conversation the more I have with my kids all the time. <laughs> exactly. So the more we believe what we're saying, the more intense the emotion will have to be. But the existence of your emotion always comes from your character about who you are. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you care about your family, the, care, the fact that you care about living, the fact that you care about life in general says that when that is threatened that's a catastrophe yeah. you will feel anxiety which is actually a beautiful thing yeah that's a huge part of what we're doing here at motive is trying to help people stop being afraid of what they think is negative emotion and to start feeling there is no negative emotion mm -hmm. there's just emotion but there's there's negative perception of it and in that case can you think if you if you weren't anxious at all about dying oh yeah if you were just like chill that's like weird it would be weird so it's normal that you should feel that anxiety with that catastrophe. 
And so right now there's actual catastrophe. Mm -hmm. And that's where absolutely are many people who haven't dealt with any with anxiety or just that, that feeling inside of uneasiness and, and panic panic feeling the belly's hurting like just mm -hmm. and basically the vagal nerve from our brain goes all the way from our our brainstem to our diaphragm or down into our, our our belly into our intestinal tract and and so anxiety can affect us in any of those areas whether it's our throat our lungs our heart our, our, our belly it's all so yeah. where you feel it is going to be your own well and i but think we, people aren't used to that feeling of that uh I think for people who've never experienced anxiety is that feeling of unsettling, like always waiting for what's going to happen and yeah. almost like you can't relax. You know, you yep. can't get a deep breath. You can't relax. You can't feel peaceful. That's true. You know, I think that's what a lot of people might be experiencing right now. Yep. And so clinically you could say is when your anxiety or nothing, we won't say the anxiety when your focus and in your reality is something that, most all people are saying that's not actually real yeah that's actually not a like that's something that you really don't need to be afraid of yeah but that something's going on in you where that's stuck uh like the earthquake stuck more for my wife than it did for me mm -hmm. and and there's there's reasons for that and that had a, has a lot to do with more like personal things and that's that's how we are our personal lives will affect how we how we digest if you will, or metabolize our experiences yeah that makes sense so how we how we how we metabolize those is going to be everything and that's through our thinking mm -hmm. and so how we how we perceive that is going to be huge and so you were completely convinced you were going to die oh yes and so yeah you were feeling it and i have to so squash those thoughts a lot <laughs> yeah absolutely and it, and it that's where taking you doing it secretly is so dangerous mm -hmm. like by on your own because it's just you against you and if you already believe it so what else is there to help you not believe it yeah like th there's not like another entity of you yeah to talk you out of it and help mm -hmm. you walk through those feelings so a lot of my mm -hmm. clients will open up in therapy and the phrase that i hear all the time is i know this is going to sound ridiculous <laughs> and i'll say exactly yeah because it because it is ridiculous and i'll don't say it shamingly mm -hmm. you know like we have a relationship but when people find the ridiculousness in their fear, that's the beauty of healing. That's why I believe that anxiety absolutely is healable. It's curable yeah. uh, because you can find uh, most of the time a ridiculous side of your fear. You know, I, I love Harry Potter and I think it's, I don't know which one it is, but I'm not very they, well versed in Harry Potter. <laughs> we got to get Shame. that changed. My daughter heard me say that. <laughs> I know. What is it the the and, and all my Harry Potter Harry Potter friends are gonna hurt me for this one but what is the ridiculoso um, spell so they have like in the movie for example oh, it's yes. when they're turning their fears into something funny yeah when well, they have the boggart yeah in the chest exactly yeah okay okay yeah that's good you got your stuff oh I've yeah I've seen the movies <laughs> I'm almost through the books <laughs> I got to get through the last books anyway anyway so so that's that's a huge part of getting allowing your anxiety is to start to take the intensity of your anxiety to start to go down yeah is to through other people a lot of the time or by just saying it out loud with yourself mm -hmm. that can help too to say okay when i say this out loud it does sound a little bit ridiculous yeah and and embrace that actually it makes me think of my nine-year-old this year he decided that he couldn't ski and we've been he's been skiing since he was two and snow skiing for those of you utah's the best and uh he decided he literally couldn't ski this year. We have passes to Snow Basin, and th so obviously that was not an option uh, since we'd paid for it. 
which is like 25 minutes away. Yeah. And I said, why can't you go skiing? He literally wouldn't go. Uh, and he said, well, I'm going to fall off the mountain. And I said, how are you going to fall off the mountain? And he said, well, I'm going to ski off the side and fall off the mountain and die, mom. And I said, okay, so let's talk it through. But same thing, having him actually say it, he was like, okay, maybe. But he still wouldn't go. It took us a while. Then he decided he was going to break his legs. He was going to run into a sign, which he's actually done before. Um, you know, he'd created all these situations of skiing that he couldn't possibly go because he was just, it was not going to be okay. He was terrified of it for some yep. crazy reason this year. He decided that was the end of that. Yep. And, you know, it's interesting because this week, just like your, just like your son, I've had, I've had more than probably, so I do about, I don't know, 30 hours of therapy a week. And I guarantee I've said it at least 15 times this week that, and then outside of therapy too, people just texting me wanting some help and, you know, whatever. And there's, there's a technique I want to share with everybody, which is never, never allow your what ifs to be open. So when you what if yourself don't ever leave it open because your brain will go to It'll everywhere it, it makes it this you. infinite mm -hmm. yeah and, and then i it's kind of an exponential problem where one what if will create three yeah more and those three will create nine and i'm no mathematician but it gets it gets going pretty quickly so how do you and then panic happens close it then essentially so you answer the so what okay. if i what if i what if i fall off the mountain mm -hmm. then you look at them and say okay answer it are you are you going to fall off the mountain yeah. And a lot of times they're like, yeah, well, I probably won't. But if I did, <laughs> I guess I would I would probably fall and hit pretty hard. Uh huh. And you say, and then and what if then? Well, I probably would. I don't know. It's probably there's not like huge cliffs. So yeah. The, and like he's falling nine. off the mountain. Oh, yeah, he's nine. <laughs> he's little, you know, and so that that helping. I know that probably is a bad example. It happened this week. It happened this week a couple of times with, um, you know, like somebody was saying like what if but what if my house shakes you know what if what if it yeah, shakes it's like super you think hard? about the earthquake because that's concerning a lot of people right now is all these earthquakes we keep having so mm -hmm. what if we have another one and, and it was if you've grown up in utah you've been told your whole life there's going to be the big one yeah that takes and us the, all out the person who said it to me i kind of i had to i i have a relationship with enough enough where i could just bully and i was like oh yeah because if your house shakes i mean you're just you're probably just gonna die <laughs> And, she, and and I created ridiculousness right there, and she uh -huh. was able to be like, wait, I guess you're right, huh? Like, if it just shakes, like, I said, because if it shakes that hard that every single house falls, then I guess we're all kind of just done, right? <laughs> and she's like, true. And I said, can you accept that? Can you accept that worst? Like, if it, if it hits that hard that we all just go under, like, yeah, okay. But, like, can we live in, are we going to live in fear of that every day? Yeah. That's up to you. Well, it's up to you what you want to do. And does your worry is your worry preventing it? Yeah, I was going to say and it's not preventing it. So what, it. you know, what do you do? You can take steps to prepare too, I think. Exactly. That's important. the other side of of anxiety which is a, it it exists so much out of a skill deficit. Mm -hmm. And so when you you have to gain the skills that your environment is um overwhelming. So in other words, if a, an earthquake is quite an overwhelming thing, yeah. And not, and if we don't have the skills to deal with the aftermath, then go gain them. Go figure out if there's something you need to do to increase a skill, then go do it. Okay. It'll create some assurance. But So how, for people that are listening right now then, so let's just recap a little. And, and If you're feeling anxious right now, then that's completely, perfectly acceptable and normal because life is crazy, right? And we mm -hmm. are dealing with, I think we all feel anxious. Yep. So there's nothing wrong with you. 
Um, so what steps can we take to help us get through this then? Good question. Uh, like I said, being in, in check of it with your mind mm -hmm. is huge. Knowing what you are perceiving mm -hmm. is extremely important. So sometimes our brain gets away from us and we don't even really know what we have been thinking. So stopping if you need to, to get paper out, get your phone out and try to write down uh, the moment when you were okay. So let's just say you were kind of doing fine yeah. and then and then your mood changed mm -hmm. and you got a little more anxious. Something happened right then, Okay. guaranteed. Guaranteed something happened right then that triggered thoughts. Well, or maybe times too, like I was just thinking, this might be TMI, but when I'm in the shower, that's when my brain runs wild. It's that time, it's quiet, you know, then all of a sudden the thoughts flood in and I have to go, okay, wait a minute, stop, you know. Yep, yep. and usually those are the what ifs mm -hmm. like that. And so um, you can ask yourself, so to kind of finish what I was saying, you can, uh, as you get those thoughts down, sometimes sharing them with somebody else can show some ridiculous, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but also just looking at them from yourself of, is it an honest thought? Yeah. Is that, I, I, I like to talk about it from honest and dishonest, dishonest, meaning that there's a lot of irrational sides to it and then make it honest. Okay. Um, like for example, if it's, I'm going to die, that's, that's, that's so, that's jumping to a huge conclusion. Yeah. There's so many other things that could happen. <laughs> uh, and, and if you don't let your brain think about all the other, other things that could happen, mm -hmm. it's only going to settle with that mm -hmm. and, and it'll, and then it will react the way it's supposed to because that became your perception. Yeah. So shifting that to more of the rational place was good. That's for sure. Uh, what's so another? what about things like exercise? So I know for me, I've um, you know been sick for a couple of weeks, so I haven't been doing that. So that affects us right now. We're all stuck inside and not getting as much exercise and outdoor sunshine. And so how do we... Any yeah. tips on that? That's hard because that's that's <laughs> that that's something hard. that's been taken away from a lot of us. Yeah. So I think if you know if you can do anything in your house, obviously those are that's easy to say. Um, yeah, easier said than done. Actually, it is easier said than people done. People are successful working out of home. I applaud you. Yeah. I think for us, we've been taking a walk intentionally. Like every day, we go for a walk as a family. Yeah. You know, put away our cell phones go outside whether it's cold or not we're thankfully we live right by a university that and it's closed obviously so we can go the grounds are beautiful we can you know walk around there's yeah. fountains and things like that but ultimately though in order for in order for anxiety to be really i, I would say dealt with well it has to be completely accepted mm -hmm. and that's where most people end up doing what i what I don't, I rarely use the phrase coping mechanisms cause I don't, I just don't, I like to go much deeper than just like things to do Yeah. because most people are afraid of anxiety to begin with. Oh, I agree. Completely. So something happens, right. Mm -hmm. And then they, it creates anxiety and they might, they might be afraid of that thing. But ultimately what happened was an experience that created a memory for them that I hated feeling that emotion mm -hmm. and I never want to feel that emotion again. So then their, their brain shifts from instead of avoiding because the first commandment of anxiety is avoidance yeah. instead of avoiding that thing that created the anxiety to begin with, they start to just avoid anything that could create anxiety, oh yeah, that makes sense. which is very vicious. That's a vicious mm -hmm. cycle because again, anxiety needs a catastrophe, right? Yeah. And so when anxiety 
becomes your anxiety or becomes your catastrophe. Oh, gotcha. Now, now you have trouble. to literally have anxiety mm -hmm. to try to prevent you from having anxiety. Mm -hmm. That's 90% of people who come into my office. Gotcha. And we have... And, and what they what started it is still meaningful yeah. like whatever event it was it kind of, that still means something but ultimately the the fear they have to face is 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 convincing themselves that they can tolerate anxiety hmm. which means the law of anxiety requires you you have to go through it to overcome it you can't if the more you avoid it the higher it gets oh yeah I and, agree and with the that more completely. you jump into it and, mm -hmm. and induce it so a lot of the exercises I do is to get people to, to induce it on purpose for the the entire for de to for your brain to have an experience to desensitize itself to the actual thing. I think talking about it too is really important. I know for me, um, and two of my kids, and I think this is something we have clarified, uh, maybe not on here, but that you don't have anxiety. We deal with anxiety, right? Experience, experience it. Experience it. Yeah. So, it, I I try to open up, and I haven't always been you know good at this. I think we naturally want to shy away from those things because we feel embarrassed and so for me and for my kids especially trying to teach them is just having conversations and telling other people reaching out and say yeah that's something that I experience because of this and this and the other and, and this is how I get through with it and deal with it and yeah and having those open conversations and feeling comfortable sharing that with other people yeah especially right now when we're all stuck in our houses I think my biggest hope for people listening is that they will allow their anxiety to teach them something yeah um what i mean by that is most of the time the thing that triggers the anxiety isn't actually the main issue there's some it's usually something much more personal about you mm -hmm. and that needs to be figured out and and so this earthquake for example there's been many many sessions that i've had with people where the earthquake is showing the earthquake happened. Yes, they got anxious. And I, and I said to them, okay, so let's just hypothetical say, okay, this earthquake happens. What are you afraid of then? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of called playing the tape to the end or, you know, we can, it's the interventions called that, but we can, they'll say, well, okay, if the earthquake happened, then, you know, like I, I could lose, like my, I could get separated from my kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what would be your fear then? Um, well, then if, if I got separated from my kids and like, I, I'm, I'm a terrible mother. Yeah. Okay. And if, and if, and what if, and what if that actually happened that you were a ter terrible mother, what would be your fear then? And they'd say like, yeah, my entire purpose is gone. Like I'm just like meaningless now. Gotcha. And a lot of times I can say, is there, are there things right now that you're not forgiving yourself with as in how you are being a mother even now without an earthquake? Yeah. Why is it so important to, to you like to be that. such an amazing mother? Mm -hmm. Is it, is it out of, out of reach? And, that usually exposes kind of a you know a mis misguided attempt at being a great mom or doing what I often say is doing motherhood or doing fatherhood rather than being a mom, yeah. being a father. And needing that verification and that assurance that's maybe not completely real. Yeah. You know, that's what it makes me think of. Yep. So. So yeah, that's uh. That would be my hope for you is if you are feeling a lot of anxiety, check your thoughts, uh, check to see if you are actually anxious about anxiety, mm -hmm. uh, check to see what you're doing to keep yourself healthy. Remember that anxiety is just an emotion. Um, people don't die of it. Yeah. You sprint and you run and you play and your heart rate goes way harder than any panic attack. Yeah. You're not going to die from it. 
um, but that you're a lot stronger than you know you are, and it's going to show you something that can make you a stronger person. Yeah. So there it. you go. Okay. Be strong. Bring the questions, too. I know this is a lot of content yeah. today, and it's kind of it does go all over the place at times. But I think yeah. we're all dealing with it, though, so I think it's important. And hopefully if you guys, yeah, if you have a questions, reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook and leave, yep. leave a comment or review below while we're on that. We're new to podcasting, so make sure you rate us and re- leave us a review. And Yeah, that's really helpful. That would be awesome. Spread the word. Yep. All right. All right. Later. Have a good day, guys. <laughs>